What's up, loves? Welcome to Self-Care in Real Life, a podcast where we obsess over giving women the tools that they need to choose happiness and create more joyful moments. I am your host, best-selling author and lifestyle blogger, Ty Alexander, and I'm basically your new wellness hype girl, so welcome to the party. (laughs) Before we take a deep dive into today's episode, I want to remind you to please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes if you've enjoyed the podcast so far. For my faithful listeners who are used to ad-free podcast episodes, we now have them for you over on our exclusive membership community on Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash self-care IRL. In addition to the ad-free podcast episodes, you will also find all of the gems that I have created for you to help you cultivate life-shifting healing experiences. So let's get right into today's episode. So welcome back. Welcome to season five. We are back. Um, I took a break, a much needed break, and I thought <laughs> that I would prepare myself and record podcasts like, you know, batch record like most people do. Did I do that? <laughs> no. Uh, one day I'll actually take my own advice and be better at my own self-care. But I literally, you know, kind of just did nothing. Um, did a lot of scrolling, did a lot of reading, a lot of watching, um, just to kind of just be better. And so I, I take it back. I did do a lot of self-care. I just wasn't as productive as I thought I was going to be, but I think I needed to be still. But anyway, um, while I was on this break, um, I was catching up on my Facebook page, reading the comments and such. And I read a comment that really pissed me off like a lot. Oh, wait. Speaking of Facebook pages, first, a huge, huge, huge thunderclap to you all. There are 24,000 of you all on Facebook. Oh my God, go us, like wow. Anyways, if Facebook is your thing, consider following me on Facebook. You can search my name or you can find a link in the, sh- in the show description. Um, anyways, I was catching up on comments and one recent comment about hysterectomies really struck a nerve and got me to thinking that I need to update you all on my hysterectomy story now that we are officially one year post-op. If you haven't listened to my hysterectomy episodes, put this one on pause right quick for me and go listen to episodes 28, 29, and 30. In these episodes, I go through each emotion leading up to why we decided to do the procedure And the pain, of course, that I experienced afterwards, it was a whole girl. (laughs) It was a thing. So in today's episode, I will update you on, girl, really? (laughs) I got to turn my phone on vibrate. I forget every time. Anyway, in today's episode, I will update you on how my body feels now post hysterectomy. Um, If I have any regrets, you know, one year later. And I'm going to talk about that annoying comment really quickly. When you're in the midst of mental health struggles, it feels like nothing will ever help. All you really want is to achieve a real and lasting breakthrough. But it feels like you've tried everything. There is one option that maybe you haven't considered yet. 
Mind Bloom offers a guided ketamine therapy program. To begin, take Mind Bloom's online assessment to determine if Mind Bloom is right for you. If approved, you'll schedule a video consultation with a licensed clinician where you'll discuss your goals and expectations for your mental health treatment. Mind Bloom will send you a kit in the mail complete with medicine, treatment materials, and tips to getting the most out of your experience. Mind Bloom helps you achieve better outcomes with lower cost and greater convenience. It's time to enter the next chapter in mental health and well-being. Let Mind Bloom guide you. Right now, Mind Bloom is offering our listeners $100 off your first six-session program when you sign up at mindbloom.com/ty. Go to mindbloom.com/ty for $100 off your first six-session program today. That's mindbloom.com slash ty. So the very short answer is I regret nothing. Considering that I have known probably since the day I birthed my son in 1994 that I did not want any more kids. And forgive me, I love kids. I just don't want to own them. They can't be mine, right? (laughs) But considering that I've known that I didn't want to have any more kids, I am kicking myself in the butt for waiting so long to take care of this. When I think back to how long I was suffering, it's absolutely insane. I mean, I was wearing a tampon and a pad at the same time sometimes, or I just wasn't leaving the house out of fear that I would, you know, mess up my clothes or I was carrying extra panties in my purse for emergencies, or even when I wasn't on my period, I was still wearing a panty liner just in case. The The torture, simply unreal, right? Um, but now, if I'm honest, it feels amazing. It feels amazing to be released from the shackles of my period, and also it feels a bit surreal, you know, to not be bound to my menstrual cycle. So my full recovery time was about eight to 10 weeks. If you've listened to episodes 28, 29, and 30, you know that my surgery was complicated to say the least about it. And recovery just, you know, it wasn't smooth for me. But once I got past those eight to 10 weeks, honestly, I was fine. And I've explained a few times why I decided to do the hysterectomy. So when I get generalized comments about women who've opted to have the procedure, I get really ticked off, mainly because I know that some lady somewhere is reading those comments, um, internalizing them, um, and doesn't have the voice to be able to, you know, vocalize some of the 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 um the other perspectives of this conversation right and so this comment from facebook really kind of took me over the edge a bit let me read it to you so it's from ja love i'm assuming it's a woman um there was a picture of a woman you know they're spam these days so it could have been spam who knows anyway 
but it reads, it seems like this is the answer to all female reproductive issues these days. I've come across so many females under the age of 50 who have had hysterectomies in the last two years. It makes me wonder just how much they've really discovered about the female anatomy. Surely there has to be another solution. So what bothers me most about this comment is that I can tell she didn't bother to listen to the podcast that was actually linked to the Facebook post. She also didn't bother to read the link to the blog post (laughs) that was also attached. And I really hate when people get on Beyonce's internet with a trillion and one opinions on every topic under the sun, but have not properly armed themselves with details or context. Second, she used the word female. Girl, that is very hotep of you, sis, but sure, okay. But I'm not going to ignore the truth, right? It is indeed extremely true that doctors or whoever's researching these things just have not done nearly enough to understand why what feels like, because maybe they have, but it feels like women, particularly women of color, are having these kinds of issues or complications, which also feels like at an alarming rate, which in some cases can lead to having a hysterectomy. But we, I, you, have to have a real conversation about why we are more reactive to our health or reproductive issues than we are proactive. So let's get real just for a second. And I'll start with myself, but I I encourage you to do this as well. You know, like take a moment and put things into perspective and really get real with this conversation, right? So for me, I've had heavy periods since I can remember. But if I have to put like a year or a time frame on it, I would say since my teens. I naively assumed that all periods were just heavy. Like I just thought that's what women went through, right? And while I had a really great mom, y'all know I loved Denny. I talk about Denny a lot. She taught me a lot of things. Talking about periods or my period with her Aside from questions like, did you get your period this month? It just wasn't something that we did. And it wasn't until maybe, I don't know, five or so years ago, maybe like five to seven years ago, in a really, really random conversation with my best friend, I realized that not every woman hated her period the way I did. And we all have very different experiences. I never felt like moody or, I don't know, off, you know, when my period came. But on the flip side, my best friend's period wasn't super heavy and she didn't have the same crippling, you know, cramps and back pain that I did. So when we ask why nothing has been done, we have to ask, why aren't we as women, as girls, as females or whatever, Why aren't we having these conversations with our friends, with our people, and especially with our daughters? By the time I had got to my 30s, my period was so unpredictable. I mean, it would last anywhere from two to four to nine days, whenever it feel like 
it like I, I just I couldn't predict anything about it except what was predictable what I could predict was that ungodly like power range turbo mode kind of paid pain every single time there was also months that I just didn't stop bleeding but because it didn't happen a lot I just assumed like it was normal at least for me and then I had you know family members who I would overhear them talking about it you know having heavy periods I'm like well if my family you know my cousins and my friends my you know my cousins and my relatives or whatever have them then I I guess you know um so then I went another decade uh with a really shady AF menstrual cycle but right before the pandemic my period disappeared and I was honestly really relieved <laughs> like I wanted to have a party like yes yes but then I said oh wait a minute like I had the audacity to think well maybe I'm pregnant girl you know don't nothing down there work right okay <laughs> chill out <laughs> so when my period came back in I guess late 2020 and it just didn't leave for like two three months I finally went to the doctor I said you know okay this is it by that time I was severely anemic and damn near died. I definitely, I talk about this in those um, hysterectomy episodes, 28, 29, and 30. Um, my blood count was at a four. Uh, I needed two units of blood before I had my hysterectomy. Now, I will say my OBGYN, OBGYN who is a black lady, black woman, um, she did give me like three or four different options, but she led with, you know, if you're not trying to have any more children, we should really consider a hysterectomy. Now, I could have done the other things, but I knew I was just putting a Band-Aid on a really, really big issue. And again, I wasn't trying to have any more kids. So why exactly are we saving these lady insides? Like, what do we need them for, sis? Which brings me to my next, I don't know, aha moment, right? A lot of people, and even I, I don't know if I thought this or definitely heard this, right? A lot of people said this when I was, when I said I was going to get a hysterectomy. A lot of people think that having a hysterectomy kind of catapults you into menopause. You may have heard cases of women having the procedure and then finding themselves, you know, like magically sitting on the doorsteps of menopause. The reality of this is that hysterectomies are just not one size fits all. It's not a one size fits all procedure. So everyone is different. So I had a total hysterectomy, which is the removal of the uterus and the cervix. She also removed my fallopian tubes because we don't need them. We're not getting pregnant. Um, but I was able to keep my ovaries. Your ovaries release estrogen and keep the natural process of menopause intact. So it's a bit unfair and honestly just not true to say if you have a hysterectomy, you will then experience menopause. That's why it's really important to have a really good relationship with your doctor and also just, you know, arm yourself with as much information as you can. Establishing a morning routine that you look forward to is such a great way to practice self-care. Something that makes it a bit easier for me to get out of bed in the morning 
is the anticipation of taking my AG1 from Athletic Greens. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, source superfoods, and probiotics. What better way to start your day? AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It supports better sleep quality and recovery and mental clarity and alertness. If you don't believe me, trust this. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash TY. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash TY to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. To wrap up um, this Facebook comment commentary, I want to remind you as you are out there, you know, just sharing your commentary because you can, you know, that's what the Internet is. I want to remind you that there is someone on the other end of that computer that is going to receive your words that might be struggling to make a decision, might have had to have made a decision out of haste, um, might have procrastinated on their decision. You know, um, we never know why people decide to do things, whether it's voluntary or forced um, by something that they have done or something that someone else has done. So just remember to be kind as you are making these comments. And again, I think one of the, the one of the things that bothers me the most, right, is that I gave her information for her not to have made this kind of comment, right? Like if she had have only listened to the podcast, if she had have only read the blog post, she may have not, or she, she may have, you know, maybe she was just trolling, who knows? But I think um, if her, if her opinion is honest about hysterectomies, I think had she had have listened to the previous podcast episodes or the one that was attached or again read it, her statement, her comment would not have been such. So anyway, moving on, I want to give you um, just some lessons I've learned about having a hysterectomy or I don't know if I'm going to call them some things you might want to do. So number one, leading up to my surgery date, I did not. Like, I just did not acknowledge the extent of my anxiety regarding the surgery, my decision. I remember talking to a good girlfriend of mine, Sabrina, um, whose opinions are, I'll say, starkly different than mine. She's a good, good girlfriend of mine, but we just don't have the same opinions on some things. It's hysterectomy is one of those things. Um... And I remember talking to her thinking, like, am I am I making the right decision? Like, is this the right thing? Like, is this the right thing for me? And I think 
had I had acknowledged the extent of my anxiety, I probably wouldn't have shared as much as I did. Because in sharing the things that I did, I was met with, again, opinions of others, which is fine, right? Um, And it's also really hard, especially on the internet, right, to... It shouldn't be this hard, but I've found that it is It is very hard for people to separate opinions from suggestions, from testimonies. We kind of group all of those things together into one response when someone says, I want your opinion or suggestion, testimony, you know what I'm saying? So um, it was hard for me to receive all of those things and deal with my anxiety for the surgery. So I would say um, acknowledge the anxiety that you might have and also share with a trusted group of people. And if you can't, share with a trusted group of people, maybe just confide in one. And then even if you can't confide in that one person, try to journal. I think journaling or actually kind of dumping your feelings again, getting them out of your head is a really great practice to have just in general. But I think it would really help if you did that um, before your surgery date. I also did not read through all of the pre-op instructions well enough (laughs) like I kind of skimmed it and I didn't realize until like the day of um when I was going to go do my um had to like I said I had to get a uh, a blood transfusion so I had to go the night before to have it done but I didn't realize until I got there that I was supposed to do like this whole bowel prep so remember to read through your prop your pre-op instructions. Don't rely on the doctor's office to tell you everything. Um, And this may seem so obvious, but I really did think, you know, well, she told me everything I needed to know uh, in the appointment. Um, But that was my mistake. And make sure that you actually read everything that's required of you that you're supposed to do before your surgery. You know, there's a fantastic person out there who will improve your business. The trick is you just have to find them. For a hiring partner that helps you reach new heights, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. I love Indeed's virtual interviews because it makes it easy to connect with your applicants. No need to install anything extra. Indeed's virtual interview tool works from your browser. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why when you sponsor a job, you only pay for quality applications from resumes in their database matching your job description. Visit indeed.com slash self-care IRL to start hiring now. Just go to indeed.com slash self-care IRL. Indeed.com slash self-care IRL. 
Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I was kind of teasing my husband recently. Um, he had to go to an emergency for, room for something and he asked me to bring, you know, some items to him. And I was like, it would have been really nice if your bag was just already packed. Like, I feel like we're at the age where um, we're five years into marriage. We're both over 40. He's almost, he'll be 50 uh, next year. And so I'm like, we should have hospital bags. Is that morbid? <laughs> well, I feel like we should. But either way, um, my hysterectomy surgery was inpatient. Um I was to have the surgery and then be released like two to three days. Obviously, there was complications. So I actually stayed for like five days. But whether or not your surgery is inpatient or outpatient, have a bag ready with all of the things you might need. I had my iPad. I had a book that I wasn't going to read, but just because I feel like reading out a book. Um, I had some snacks, even though I couldn't eat anything. <laughs> um I had my AirPods that were fully charged. Um, I had a couple pair of glasses. I had, um, you know, deodorant, toothpaste, toothbrush, you know, those kind of things. Um, but in the bag, pack like things that are going to bring you comfort. Um, I had a picture of my mom in there. I remember being in a hospital and just kind of, obviously it's now, now we're kind of, I, I don't think COVID is gone, but we're like less COVID-y, right? Um, but I think hospitals are still adhering to that kind of, you know, COVID procedures. So you're going to be in there by yourself for the most part. Uh, I, like my husband was able to come, but he, he couldn't stay. He had to leave, you know, when visiting hours were over or whatever. And so bring things that are going to bring you joy, that you're going to find comfort in, um, because you might be spending, you know, a few hours alone if you have to stay overnight in the hospital. Um, the, the, I don't know what number this is, but the next tip, uh, take off, you know, even if it is outpatient and say you have surgery and you're able to leave in a couple of hours, take off the next few days. If you have the time, um, it, 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 it's really a serious surgery. I, I don't think we give enough honor to the fact that they are either cutting your stomach open or a robot is going in there, you know, rearranging some things. And so you need some time to heal. We also don't really emphasize, again, the toll it takes on you mentally um, because this isn't, again, something that we talk about openly or often or honestly or transparently. We just don't talk about it and we kind of choose to, I don't know, suffer in silence is the right word, but we just kind of choose not to say anything. Your mental will go through things. That's just what it is. Um, also when you get home, if you can either have someone cook for you or order something or have someone, uh, make a soup for you. A friend of mine made a big pot of chicken noodle soup again, even though I couldn't eat it. It was really nice to have. I, I ate most of the broth out of it or whatever. Um, let's see. They do give you those like disposable underwear, um, in the hospital, I can't fit them because my butt is big. However, buy I got I had got my best friend actually to buy like mumus. I actually swear by them now. Like I I used to be the person who slept in my undies and like a t shirt, 
Um, but now I sleep in, you know, lingerie and things like that. But a muumuu, something where your stomach can kind of be just out and unrestricted, um, do it. And also remember to take all the medicines you're supposed to take and all the limitations that your doctor gives you, the ones especially about like not lifting more than five pounds, don't <laughs> lift more than five pounds. You may think that you're strong enough. You may think it's okay, but your stomach, your body is going to tell you to sit down. Also, take the whole six to eight weeks or however much time you're needed. I know some of us don't have time or we don't, you know, we can't take off or whatever, but whatever your doctor recommends, whatever the note or whatever you get to stay off, stay off that amount of time. Um, let's see. Also just wear, just wear proper clothes. I don't, I don't, proper is the, the wrong word, but wear unrestrictive clothes when you do get to leave the house. Also wear panties that go all the way up all the way up, <laughs> all the way up to your elbows, <laughs> way up to your belly button if you have to, you know. Um, wearing those bigger panties will just give you more comfort, more room for your belly. I remember it being um, kind of hard in the beginning because there was scar tissue. I did end up like, you know, massaging it and rubbing it to kind of loosen that up, but it was really hard, a little sore to touch. Um, so when you do, even again, after the eight months, I mean, I'm sorry, after the eight weeks or six weeks, um, remember to just have proper underwear on for that. Um, and I think that's it. Um, I am loving life again, post-op, one year later from the hysterectomy. Um, I feel good. It took, again, it took a long time for my body to kind of um, feel normal, but it just didn't feel normal. It didn't mean I didn't feel good. Like I still felt good, but it didn't feel the good it used to feel. Like it, it's, it's kind of weird to explain, but, um, it's like a new normal for me. I, now when my friends be like, oh, my period's kind of like girl, shut up. <laughs> Don't nobody care about you or your period. <laughs> But I do care about you. That is why I'm making this podcast today. Um, but anyway, that's it. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am incredibly grateful for our connection. Thank you for leaning into these hard conversations with me. And a special thank you to those of you who are faithfully listening and supporting the podcast each week. If you'd like to continue our conversations or you just have a story to share, please consider joining our community. You can log on to patreon.com slash self-care IRL. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash self-care IRL. And if you enjoyed and loved this episode, do me a favor and submit your review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, just wherever you are listening to me today. Also, I kind of think you like me, like we go together or something. So go ahead and subscribe to the podcast so you can be the first to get new episodes each and every Sunday. And I want to encourage you to share this episode on your IG stories, Twitter, Facebook. Just do your girl a favor and share it so we can keep the conversation going. And when you do share it, make sure you tag me. I am at Ty Alexander and at Self Care IRL. Again, thank you so much for listening to me today. And until next time, toodles. Hey, you're on my mind.